Hey everybody, welcome back to the Journey of Life podcast. I'm your host, Will Visit, And uh, yeah, so today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, I'll wrap up a few more things with Emery uh, briefly, and then I'm going to transition into the start of the whole ALS um, timeline and kind of delve into that whole sort of piece of this podcast um, and that's going to take place over several episodes so um, yeah so we'll kind of start to transition over to that as well um, I just wanted to also say you know I <laughs> I know these some of these podcasts they certainly like um, heavy and can be very emotional. Again, my goal is to not, you know, make it entirely that. I'm just, like I said, telling people a straight up what what happened and my life and what I've gone through and my experiences, uh, not sugarcoating anything, um, you know, unfiltered version, you know, just being truthful and honest. So again, I don't, I don't, my goal is to not make you know, this to be a completely depressing podcast and, you know, people to cry and all that stuff. Um, but again, you know, there there are certain things, including, you know, the one today about talking about my progression and that stuff with ALS. It, it's it's tough. It's tough material. Um, it's, it's, it's very real. Um, but I think it's good, you know, as an audience for you guys to hear this and, um, you know, me to educate and you guys to learn and hear this experience just just from a standpoint of you know awareness and just you know for anyone you know listening in just to be able to you know hear hear the experience of what I'm trying to say anyway so you know the whole Emery thing you know I told you you know when she we when she passed away that Saturday, uh, June 3rd, um, you know, we, uh, th- we left, we left the hospital eventually that day and then, you know, drove back home. Uh, they had, the hot, the NICU, they were, the NICU was great. We, uh, we were at, and everyone was so supportive and throughout the entire process, they had kind of gotten us a little bag of stuff and all that. And, uh, my father-in-law went back to pick it up because obviously me and my wife didn't really want to go back there to the NICU after everything that just happened. So um, I also, uh, you know, prior to all this happening, when, you know, we all thought, you know, she, she'd be coming closer to the due date in, you know, August, September, you know, we had, you know, a baby registration and baby showers scheduled and people had already had bought us several things, um, you know, shipped them to our house. So we already kind of had, um, you know, a decent amount of supplies, you know, in preparation for Emory. Um, you know, we essentially kind of put all that in one room, room upstairs, like a guest bedroom when we got back home and kind of just left it untouched. Um, You know, 
I would go in there to occasionally water the plants, which is about the only other, other the only reason to be in there. Uh, my wife would not go in there at all just because of all the emotion it would evoke, obviously. So we kind of just left all the baby, you know, the gifts we had, um, you know, pumps. I mean, literally everything baby-related was all kind of just stashed away in that room and, you know, not really looked at because of just, you know, how tough, how tough it was. And it was just, it was too fresh in our minds. Um, so we, uh, we had to get, you know, um, a funeral, we had to, you know, get some sort of situation, whether it be cremation or funeral, what have you, and um, we had talked to a guy that came over, and we talked, you know, about going through a cremation process, which, I mean, for God's sakes, um, no parents should ever have to to be discussing that, you know, that their, you know, kid being cremated or what you're going to do with the remains and all that stuff, and uh, unfortunately, we had to have that conversation um, so we decided to go with a cremation of, you know, of Emory just to, you know, to be able to preserve and have the ashes here with us. We, uh, so we went through with that and, um, you know, we got like a little keepsake kind of, you know, not exactly like an urn, um, but it was kind of a little keepsake, like heart shaped, you know, sort of thing that you know you can put the ashes in and um we still haven't done that yet you know I have it I have it all ready to go but you know I want to do that with my wife and you know it's just we haven't it just hasn't happened yet I you know it's just something we don't really you know, we just we're gonna do it when we're ready it doesn't you know it doesn't really matter when I mean it's all there for us when we decide to um, you know, put her in there and the, and that keepsake. And I think we were also planning on using a little, I think, I think we may have already had this done. I think it's upstairs as well, but they kind of actually put some of the ashes like embedded into like a tree, like tree seeds. And you can essentially plant, you know, plant those seeds and watch a tree or whatever it is grow and you know like part of that is you know your baby in there because the ashes were kind of amongst the seeds um so we're probably going to still do that as well at some point so you know obviously that whole situation was something you know, no parent, no one should ever have to go through something like that. And it was just, it was just hell. And um, experience that obviously I'll never forget, you know, not that it was obviously a good experience by any means, but, you know, those are the sorts of things, like I said, they kind of burn into your memory and they're always there. So... You know, uh, we're excited that we do have another baby on the way and, you know, we're going to be, you know, taking some extra precautions this time and hopefully we'll have a better result and things will uh, work out better this time from that standpoint. <laughs> 
So, and like I said, with all, when I talked about the autism, you know, we'll circle back to all these things. There's, you know, I'm not wrapping up things with, you know, Emery, like, you know, the baby stuff. And that's, I'm sound like I'm not going to come back to that. We certainly can have conversations going forward about that again. Um, you know, I'm just going to kind of conclude the baby part of this for now and we'll certainly revisit it as it comes up you know in future episodes so that being said I think we'll kind of transition here to the good old uh, ALS here <laughs> so so much to say about this um, and I like I said I'm going to kind of div- divvy it up into some different episodes um, you know, today I want to focus kind of more on the timeline of me first noticing some weird things and then the progressions and kind of where I am currently uh, with with the disease process and how I'm doing functionally. Um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to kind of focus mainly on that. I'm not going to get into, you know, things I'm doing, you know, interventions, Medicaid, et cetera. I'm not doing it. We're not going to talk, talk about that really today. Um, I want to preface this by saying a few things. So before I start getting into the ALS discussion, um, number one, I am not a doctor. Um, I am a doctor of physical therapy, but I am not a neurologist. I'm not a medical doctor. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not going to really go into like what things I've been doing in this episode, but I just want to make sure that I say, you know, disclaimer wise, I don't, you know, I'm not recommending anyone do anything. I'm just simply stating what happened to me and what I've, what I've been doing and all that sort of stuff. Just, uh, just to make sure that people are aware of that. I'm not telling people to go do X, Y, and Z, you know, that's up to you. And, you know, it's always best to talk to your doctor about it. Um, so that, that is, uh, very important. Uh, number two, um, you know, I kind of alluded to this already, but you know, what I'm going to tell you guys is all unadulterated, unfiltered, straight up truth. Um, I'm not exaggerating anything when I tell you guys, you know, my function, every, you know, what happened, you know, I'm being as honest and forthright and just, you know, as, as possible. So, you know, I, I want you guys to know my story and, you know, it's you know it's 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 gonna be you know it's tough it's it's dark in a way um just because that's how the disease is but again I just want to make sure you guys know you know that you know I'm giving you the complete honest truth and there's no exaggeration whatsoever with any of this and some of the people you know family wife you know wife brothers parents friends. Um, they can certainly attest to, you know, where I'm at, you know, from a physical standpoint. Um, number three, uh, quickly, I don't want anyone to think that um, I'm trying to be a martyr. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think that I, you know, whether I want pity or sympathy or empathy from people. Um, you know, I, I know it's hard, you know, 
hearing some of these things and you want you feel sorry for the person and and I get that and I certainly and that's to be expected but I you know I'm not I don't want people to feel sorry for me I don't want people to you know I don't I'm not trying to make this oh, a sort of like a please feel sorry for me sort of thing or please pity me um, that's not my goal with this and that's not how I am as a person. Um, frankly, I don't really talk about much or open up at all. I've always been very introverted individual, which, <laughs> you know, in some ways is kind of imploded on me and, uh, caused problems and, but I'm not one to really talk about my problems at all. Um, I don't complain about things and, you know, even when, you know, Things are really tough, which they are for me now. But um, okay, so that being said, let's let's start talking about ALS a little bit here. I kind of define it here first. Um, I'm not. I don't have any references on any of these things. You know, I, this is all considered common knowledge. It's in um, you know more than two to three. You know, any sort of rep, two to three articles or you know, published scientific literature and textbooks. So the stuff I'm telling you guys right now is all just general knowledge base. Um, and it's nothing, you know, I'm I'm not going to have any citations or references. But, you know, if you guys want any more information, I certainly can provide it. Um, so ALS. So what what is it starting off? You know, it's also often known as uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh you know, he was a famous baseball player that developed the condition, I believe, while he was still playing and then, you know, didn't last too long, um, as with the usual prognosis. Um, so he was, I think, one of the first, you know, obviously famous individuals and kind of just, it kind of just got the name, you know, name, this disease kind of got named after him. But uh, when you hear ALS, usually just abbreviated that. You know, the actual full name is amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Kind of a mouthful. I'll break it down for you. Um, a, the pre prefix A meaning without. Um, myotrophic um, is muscle. So um, without muscle, essentially. So amyotrophic without muscle. And then la the lateral sclerosis part of it, that's a little confusing. Um, essentially, um, you know, you have your different sort of, and I'm not going to, this isn't an anatomy lesson <laughs> either. And I'm going to try to, you know, keep thing, words as simple as I can and try to explain things along the way and not throw too many gigantic words at people, especially people who aren't in the medical field that, you know, may not understand some of these things as well. Um, so I want to make sure, you know, everyone understands as much, you know, I'll try to explain as much as they can. Um, but la lateral sclerosis, you know, um, spinal, the spinal cord has tons of different spinal tracts in it. Um, certain ones, corticospinal tracts, spinal cerebral, cerebellar, the point is being that the lateral lateral is kind of on the outside portion of the spinal cord and sclerosis is 
kind of like a a hard a hardening, so to speak. So hardening of the lateral outside aspect of your spinal cord. Uh, that's a lot of primary uh, like cortical spinal tracts that different different tracts essentially um, that your nerves travel to relay, you know, information from your brain to spinal cord to the muscles telling it to move, telling you to lift your arm, telling you to move your leg when you're walking, all those sorts of things. Um, and that's what kind of starts to break down. So sclerosis being hardening, so those areas kind of harden up and essentially, I mean, they, they die and it just becomes hardened sort of tissue with non-functional nerves at that point. Um, in the nerves, this, this disease primarily affects our uh, motor neurons. And like I said, you have... You know, you have these nerve these nerves uh, that go from your brain uh, to your spinal cord. That's kind of considered your your upper or your first order um, portion of the nerve, and then you'll have another nerve that goes from um, ventral horn, uh, essentially just part of your spinal cord going to specific muscles that it innervates, let's say just your for your bi your bicep for example. Excuse me. Um so go you know, whatever whatever muscle. And so it goes from your spinal cord to whatever muscle that it innervates or essentially helps to activate. That's kind of your second order, your your or also known as like your lower your low, lower motor neuron. Um, fancy terms, not this. Again, the semantics of it doesn't really matter. Essentially, your nerves break. The mo those motor neurons break down. They deteriorate, um, and they kind of just start to stop working for you. Um, I'll get into some of the. Uh, potential causes maybe next episode but um but no one really has an exact idea of what specifically causes it um we have theories um you know certain things that we know that do happen but we don't obviously can't pinpoint it to be able to cure it um you know this disease is does not have a cure for it um this disease uh has a very poor prognosis being that um, on average, you know, from time of diagnosis, usually you will live between two and five years, typically. Now, that's obviously there's lots of people that have outlived that, including Stephen Hawking, who really outlived that. And I think he was diagnosed in his early 20s. And I forget how long he, I mean, I know he passed away just a couple of years ago, but I don't know if he was in his 50s or 60s, but I mean, my God, he uh, really, he really uh, passed the uh, two to five year mark, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, so what I'm trying to say is this, this is not a good disease to have. It's, uh, I would argue, argue, be, would probably is probably one of the worst diseases you could possibly get, um, just because of 
the nature of it, the, the um, progressive nature of it. Um, you know, it can be very fast and aggressive, and it just it takes away everything from you. Um, you know, leg you know leg movement, your arm movement, your trunk movement, um, and pretty much you know if it goes on long enough, it takes you know take away your voice, take away your your swallowing, and you're pretty much just left in a pow you know some sort of power wheelchair. Uh, utilizing some sort of voice voice box that you can control with your eyes. And um, for some reason, that's one of the few areas that ALS doesn't affect is your ocular eye muscles. So, you know, if it goes on long enough and you get to that point, you know, you're pretty much just left moving your eyes and you can't talk or, you know, do anything else. So it's not it's 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 a horrific disease in every in every aspect, not something you want to ever think about you know getting or being diagnosed with. So I've always a lot of you know I've always been extremely you know sort of strength and exercise oriented individual. Um, I love to work out. You know, it was my biggest outlet. Um, I would work out every day. You know, I would do things, you know, CrossFit training, Spartan races. Um, I wanted to do like a half marathon, um, a lot of strength training, Olympic lifting. I mean, you you name it, I was I was I was there doing it. Um, and I, I loved that more than anything. That was uh, was my passion, and one of the things that gave me the most joy, and one of the things that I felt you know most positive about myself, and always felt like, you know, I was in good shape, and I looked good, and I felt good, and you know, people just kind of knew me for that. That you know knew me in that way, and like all oh, this, you know, Will's really strong. Will's in really good shape. You know, I was always kind of one of the people that was like. There was, you know, people just knew he's like, you know, he's a strong guy. He's really in good shape sort of person. So, you know, I, when I, I was just jump right to the initial. So I would probably say, and I can't be specific on dates, but say somewhere between the end of May, early to middle June, of 2022, um, so less than two years ago, um, I started, you know, I started noticing just very, 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 very subtle things. Um, I'm someone who's extremely aware of my body. I, I feel like, you know, I'm very, you know, as a physical therapist and just who, who I am anyway, I've always been someone who's very aware of my body and, you know, when I have something's off, I'm usually pretty, you know, aware of it and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, that during that May to June 2022 time frame, you know, I remember I, I didn't, I didn't use things like an agility ladder, but I would, Remember, you know, trying to do quick, really quick-footed movements just just for whatever reason. Sometimes I would train doing some of those things. But, 
that just started feeling kind of a little slightly clumsier or like challenge more challenging on my on my right my right leg my right foot and ankle especially so I thought that was a little weird and I was like okay but I didn't think too much of it at the time I also remember you know I was you know I was you know doing lots of squats and deadlifts and you know stuff like that and um I remember you know, doing things like squats, and I would be like, the weight that I would normally do just felt a little bit more challenging, and I, you know, and then I would feel like I couldn't go down quite as far with it, or, you know, my leg just didn't feel like it wanted to engage as well. Um, very subtly, again, I could still do, I could still lift the weight, I could still, I could still go through with it, but it just felt a little off to me. Um, so, but that, again, that was early, and I didn't, I wasn't thinking anything of it too much at that point. Fast forward a little bit into like the mid, mid to later summer of 2022. Um, you know, I started noticing a little bit more of that sort of weakness with lifting, especially with like the pushing motions, and this was specific, strictly like lower extremities. Deadlifts, not as much, but things like squats, um, front or front or back squats, whatever. I remember that being starting to get a little bit even harder with my right leg. It just did not wanna, did not wanna do as much, and I feel like I kind of had to lower my weight a little bit, like just because I didn't feel as stable or comfortable going as heavy because of that. My right leg feeling like it wanted to kind of give out a little bit towards the bottom part of the range. Um, so at that point, I was starting to get a little bit concerned. And I and I remember, well, well, and also I should say like things like doing very fast sprinting, I remember was a little bit awkward for me as well. Like, I you know I I definitely did more strength training than running, but I did do some running too. And jogging at a you know average pace was fine. But I remember when I would do like a full out sprint, that would just be a little bit harder to pick my right foot up, and um, just felt like I just couldn't quite push or like propulse myself like I could before. Just again, not overtly significantly, but somewhat subtly, you know, and it was enough for me to definitely notice. Um, so this weakness I started to get on my right side, I immediately, you know, being a PT, and I was like thinking, okay, what what could be causing this? And I'm like, well, I've, I've dealt with chronic back pain for a very long time since my low late teens, early 20s. Um, it had disc issues, you know, arthritis, whatever, you know, everyone's lumbar spine has, has issues. But, um, I started thinking, you know, maybe, maybe there's some sort of nerve compression going on. Maybe, you know, cause it, there would be periods where it would really hurt a lot. And then I'd start thinking, you know, maybe, Maybe it's getting to the point that it's getting so bad that it's pressing on that nerve, uh, specifically like the lumbar L5 and 
sacral S1. It's just a, it's just a L5S1 nerve complex. They kind of they and they affect or move things. You know, they they activate things like you're you're picking your toes up and you know moving your leg around and all that stuff. So it it made sense at the time. I was like, okay, well maybe that's what's going on, and that's why. I'm having some of this weakness. Um, I remember, you know, some of my jobs going up and down stairs seemed a little bit, you know, more taxing than it had been before. You know, I'm like, this is also kind of weird. I mean, I could still do it, you know, with minimal difficulty, but it was like, huh, just kind of felt a little bit, a little bit off, you know, especially to keep going downstairs quickly, like, that just felt like if I went down too quickly, quickly that I would almost like lose control or you know fall over or something. I mean, again, not not significant, but enough to be definitely noticeable. You know, through the rest of that summer and into the early fall, I I went through a couple of different job transitions, so I actually was kind of running on really no health insurance, which is not a good idea, and I don't recommend that. Because um, I, I worked with one, I ended one company in May, and then I started another one in June. But you needed, I think you needed to work for like 60 days before you could get the health insurance for that other company. And then I left before that 60 days to take another job somewhere else. And then I, that was another like 30 days before, or 60 days before I could get health insurance. So I went pretty much second half of the summer through, you know, early early fall, uh, you know, not having health insurance. Because at this point I was like, well, maybe I should, you know, I, I want to go to the, you know, my primary physician's office and you know, ask for some imaging Um Maybe sees you know someone about potentially surgery. I didn't want them to be like, oh well, you have to try PT first because I, I was doing a crap ton of I was doing more strengthening stuff with my right leg than I was before because, because I was aware of the weakness. I would be like hitting it even harder in terms of like, well, let's do some lunges or some, you know. Any way I could like bias that right leg to like activate it and get it keep you know improve the strength as much as possible so I'm like I don't need I don't need a formal physical therapy to tell me something I'm already doing and things I already know or have been doing because I'm a physical therapist myself so I didn't really want you know people to tell me to do if people told me to do that I wouldn't really listen to them so thankfully when I finally got around and I think this was you know, in October, uh, well, in September, we drove, my wife and I, we drove out to San Diego. We got married. You know, I, I was able to do that with no real issue. Um, nothing's, no, again, no, no significant. Again, just continuing to feel a little bit weaker in my legs primarily, but even, even a little bit in my arms at that point too, just to, especially pushing motions. So like squats and uh, bench press or shoulder press, just especially with my right my right leg and a little bit with my right arm at that point, it was like, 
huh, this just seems a little bit harder or I just don't feel like I can push this hard through my my right side. Um, so anyway, yeah, so back, so going back, you know, so in October, you know, October of 2022, I finally got in with an appointment with my, my uh, primary physician and, uh, you know, I explained the situation and, Thankfully, you know, him knowing that I was a PT, he kind of bypassed the whole, you know, trial PT first, and then if that does, if that fails, then do imaging. So I actually went right into getting an x-ray and an MRI of my lumbar spine. Um, the x-ray, you know, showed some arthritis, showed a slight slippage of my L5, my last lumbar, you know, sliding forward just a little bit, not too much. The MRI, you know, um, for the PTs listening to this podcast out here, I mean, 90% of people, you know, 20 and older, the age 20 or higher, you're, you know, you're going to have issues. You're going to have things in your lumbar spine. You'll, you know, read, you know, a facet, you know, arthritis, you know, nerve compression, whatever. And that's, you know, everyone has some of that. So I read my MRI and it was like, kind of was validating in my mind what I thought what the problem was. It said like my a severe narrowing of my L5 nerve um, on, on the right side, which is why I was kind of, you know, predict, kind of thinking what the situation was and, and you know, and I'm, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Um, maybe that's maybe that's that's likely causing this um, weakness with my right leg. Um, I uh, so then I made an appointment with uh, neurosurgery um, following that, um, and uh, you know, a real quick before I talk about the neurosurgery appointment, I. Uh, Running, running, it's running. So it wasn't just sprinting now. It was just running in general was starting to get more difficult. Um, I remember running before we went, drove out to San Diego to get married. And, you know, I would, you know, I try to hit it multiple times a week because I'm like, well, maybe I'm just weak and I haven't been doing it enough. So let me try to do it a little bit more. Uh, You know, it'd it'd be a little harder to pick my feet up and, you know, stuff like that and actually like you know in September and October I more October when you know I got back from the wedding you know I when I would run uh there was a few times where I would like just like catch my foot on the uh McAdam that I usually run in the street and I'd you know, I'd fall like skin my knee up or something um that happened a couple times and again just kind of a little you know slightly alarming I'm just like well this is weird again why is I'm like you know why is this going on um and it would even be my left foot too that I would catch not just my right but again I still you know kept believing you know that it's that nerve compression in my lumbar spine um that has to be causing this that has to be the issue I, I need to get this surgically fixed as soon as possible that was that was my, that was what I made up in my mind, and that's what I was dead set on. So I saw the neurosurgeon in um, 
uh, later in October, early November, I forget exactly when, but she looked at the MRI report and looked at me and, you know, kind of came up close and she's like, um, listen, like, you know, you're a PT, you know this, like everybody has, you know, this isn't, everyone has problems with their lumbar spine, like this is, this does not warrant surgery to me, um, I think you should try some physical therapy and, you know, I'm going to write you a script and we'll get you going with physical therapy. And I'm, I'm like, and then I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, no, I'm not. That's, that's not, that's not the, that's not right. I'm not going to listen to that. Um, because it, I'm like, I've been doing strengthening stuff like ex- extremely, like as much as I possibly could. And um, it still wasn't getting any better. It was actually getting worse. And I'm like, I'm like, I know PT is not going to do anything. So I didn't, I didn't obviously use the script at all. I didn't go at all. Um, then I actually sought out. Some, I was, was looking for different opinions because I'm like, I need surgery. Uh, this lady, lady doesn't know what she's talking about. So I then went down to Penn Medicine. And I saw a pain specialist followed by uh, their orthopedic surgeon. And um, before before I get to that, let me real quick talk about, um, you know, after so in that time frame between like October, November, December, you know, I started getting more of that weakness in my, like, right upper extremity. Um, you know, with, like I said, things like bench press, shoulder press. Even doing things like pull-ups just just seems more difficult. And I'm just, I'm like, well, this is, this shouldn't, you know, this shouldn't be coming from my L5, my my the, my back. Like, that should, that my arm and all that should not be affected by that issue. But... You know, I would still was just convincing myself that if I get the back thing fixed, that everything else would just fall in place. Um, I also, you know, when I had that appointment in October with the neurosurgeon, I didn't really have any of this. But soon after that appointment, probably in like mid-November, early December, I started noticing some other more concerning signs. And... um pointing to a more of a neurologic related issue rather than an orthopedic one. And there will be things like uh, some abnormal reflexes um, and hyperactive reflexes. Um, you know, so if you like did the hammer on my patellar tendon on my knee, it would like kick very fast, like way, way faster than an average normal reflex would be. And that often indicates something that's going on up in the brain or the spinal cord itself. Um, so I started getting some of that stuff going on. And I mean, at that point, I'm like, well, again, this is, I don't know what's going on. This is this is weird. Um, something, something, something is definitely not right with me here. I mean, I was starting to lose more strength. Um, just, I wasn't really going to a gym at the time. I was pretty much just living. I had a whole power rack downstairs, but, you know, I just couldn't move the weight like I could before. Um, and then, 
you know, running, honestly, running by mid to late November and early December, that was actually where I started getting to the point that I couldn't really do it that much anymore. Um, I'd be able to do like maybe like 20 or 30 feet and then I would feel like I needed to stop because I felt like my right foot was going to like catch on the, on the street and I'd fall over. Um, so I would always feel like I had to like stop and I just, it just felt so awkward. Like I was like, just like forgetting how my legs were just forgetting how to do it. Um, like the whole motor plan of it. So, I mean, that was, you know, that was pretty frightening and just disturbing, obviously, when that was happening. Um, so, obviously, I'm like, well, the, you know, I, the, I, the, something needs to get figured There are something needs to get addressed here. Something has to get figured out. Like, this is, this is not okay. Like, I'm getting worse. Uh, something, something's really wrong. Um, so, like I said, I went, I went to pet medicine and, I saw the surgeon there, and um, he was like, you know, he saw me walking around. He's like, yeah, you, I was by then, especially after I'd sit in the car for a little bit or if I'd sat, if I would sit and be still for a little and try to get up and move, my leg would like not work, would not move right at all for the first minute or two, but until I like kind of loosened up, um, it would just, I would just have like a weird limp. And um, he saw that, did some tests, checked my reflexes, checked some other things. And he actually, <laughs> you know, in hindsight, he was actually right. And of course, I at the time didn't really believe it or want to hear it. Um, he was like, I, I don't, he basically was like, I don't know if, you know, you have any, your back, you know, your, your back MRI doesn't look that bad, terribly bad. I've seen much worse. Um, and it wouldn't explain things like each, my hyperactive reflexes in my arms. Um, I had some other weird reflexes um, like Hoffman's and Babinski. They're, again, layman's terms. It, I'm not going to get into specifics of them. But again, just weird reflexes that you shouldn't have after like being an infant, like within once your system, nervous system gets integrated within a year, like you shouldn't have those abnormal pathological reflexes anymore. But I suddenly did, um, and that again indicates that something in my in my brain slash spinal cord was not functioning right. So he kind of said, "Well, like, why don't we do a, a you know cervical or neck MRI to like rule out." Um, you know, rule out any sort of compression on your spinal cord and your neck, which could be causing some of this, um, you know. And then he, then he was like, I want you to try physical therapy. And, you know, if things still are bad in a few months, then maybe we can do the surgery. And I'm like, again, I'm like, no, I'm not doing physical therapy. And no, I don't have time to wait a few more months because things were getting worse. Um, I did proceed with the neck MRI, and if you guys remember last episode, I had actually gotten another one done later, but I got this one done earlier, and I, basically they saw like a minor, a very minor compression, like C5, C6, 
but nothing significant and nothing that would explain the level of symptoms I was getting. Um, but again, hearing all this, you know, I, you know, nobody, nobody, and I mean nobody wants to think that they have some sort of serious neurological disease. So, you know, I was convincing myself that, okay, I still think this, my nerve in my back, I got to get this fixed. I got to decompress it because it's causing issues with my legs. Um, and I'm like, and then with the arm stuff, I was just like, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just can't stabilize my core rate or my hips rate. So it's causing weakness in my arms or, you know, or I would just, or I would say like, well, let me get the back thing addressed first and, you know, get my leg right. And then I'll address the arm, the arm stuff and weakness in my upper extremities, you know, not knowing that it was all related, obviously, um, at the time. And I, and I didn't want to believe it either. Like I would convince myself and I, and I know better as a physical therapist, it, it didn't make sense. Um, <laughs> I, you know, certainly didn't make sense from the symptoms I was having that it would just be like uh, that L5 nerve compression at my, in my lumbar spine. Um, but again, nobody wants to think they have a serious neurological disease. So I kept convincing myself, I need to get this surgery. I need somebody to do it. So I had a friend who told me about his place up in New York called the Hospital Special Surgery. Um, they're ranked like number one in orthopedic surgery. So I drove up there to White White Plains, New York, and um, saw the PA and the, do- the surgeon up there. And they looked at they looked at my imaging, and they're like, "Yeah, like that looks pretty bad. Like we definitely need to do surgery on this. We're gonna have to do a fusion." Uh, it's because your L5 slipping forward and, you know, that's definitely going to be causing some nerve compression. Despite the other doctors telling me that it wasn't that significant, you know, these people said that it was and that it could be definitely causing some of this, you know, leg weakness and clumsiness and tripping and falling. Um, so... And, you know, and of course, they're orthopedics, you know, sur- surgical hospital. So they want to do surgery, you know, they, you know, find, they'll find a reason to do surgery. So sure enough, I got scheduled for March 3rd and I was like, okay, good. Like, I'm going to get this fixed and, you know, think, you know, everything's going to get back to normal for me. Um, I'm looking at, real quick, guys, I'm looking at the time here, I'm think. You know, I'll, I'm going to cover a few more things, and then I think we're going to have to pick this up next next time. So, I mean, some of this timeline stuff and where I'm at, you know, I'm not going to have time to get through all of it. But uh, anyway, I'll we'll cover a few more quick things here before we wrap it up for today. Um, so, you know, that time between, so I had that appointment at the hospital special surgery in New York. I had that appointment at um in January early I think early January or mid January scheduled for March. So, you know, that time in between I was just trying to continue to lift. Because again I I couldn't run anymore at that point. Like running running was done for me. I 
I would try to practice like quick, like slight doing like modified running in my garage, like try to like move my legs. Sorry about that, guys. I uh, took a quick phone call and it cut off the podcast. Um, like I said, I want to kind of wrap up this segment here in the next few minutes. I think we'll kind of end around the surgery uh, I had for my back, and then I'll kind of pick it up from there next time. Um, but anyway, like I was saying, I kind of wanted to recap a little bit function-wise where I was at. Um, I lost the ability to run uh, somewhere between, you know, end of November into, into December. Um Another big thing, again, you know, I can't emphasize this enough, was the falls. Um, the falls, I mean, and that's something now that is just nearly out of control for me. But, I mean, back then, I was falling a lot more when I was trying to run. I remember I took my dog for a walk one night, and then kind of foolishly we were kind of running back just to help burn off some energy and, I went on the sidewalk and hit a curb. I hit a sidewalk, some piece of a sidewalk that was sticking up more, and I really cut my hand up bad, and I still have scars on it from to this day. Um, so the falls were definitely increasing, and just I wasn't able to clear my foot nearly as well, um, which was obviously very concerning. Um, and like not being able to run, just really, you know. It messed me up inside because, I mean, that, like, I felt like, you know, I was losing something that I was able to do so easily before. And, you know, just a primary movement in motion that's, like, automatic to people. And suddenly I wasn't able to do it. At the same time, also, it was just uh, the stairs. Um, I remember... You know, I used to love playing with my uh, my dogs. Well, one the one dog at the time, and running up and down the stairs quickly, quickly to like have him chase me and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And you know, the stairs started getting more challenging for me. I'm not as much going up at that point, but going down, um, going down. I started, you know, not being able to like run. Certainly not run up, run down the stairs. But um, it was getting to the point where like I would feel like I would almost fall or didn't have the eccentric control at all. Um, eccentric, you know, for people listening that don't know what that is, it's just the controlled lowering or like landing phase of a muscle. So just kind of. The the controlled motion of going down the steps, um, that suddenly started getting very difficult for me. Um, and I also, again, going going back to the going up the steps, I couldn't, like, run up the steps like I was in the past. So I'm like, I'm like at this point, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is, something's not right at all. I remember being so mad, I would force myself I would like practice running up and down the stairs you know try to you know literally fight this fight this issue with just exercising and trying to just 
force my body to, you know, do more and get back to the way it was, you know, and, and fight it. You know, I'm not, I wasn't somebody that was just going to sit around and let it kind of just get worse. I was going to really, um, you know, just keep fighting it with exercise because, you know, for most of these sort you know, issues, you know, orthopedic issues, you're like, okay, fight, you know, fire with fire, I'll fight, you know, I'll, I'll work out and and make myself stronger and I'll be able to beat this thing. And that was still my mindset with this, even though I didn't have any idea that I was going up against ALS, you know, at that point. I mean, I will say, I mean, I definitely, the the thoughts of like ALS were crossing my mind at that point. So, you know, I, but it was... Still not something that I truly, like, really considered I had. You know, being a physical therapist, unfortunately, we we know a little too much with all this stuff. And, of course, everyone becomes Dr. Google and starts Google searching the heck out of everything because that's what we do. Um, that's people want answers. And, you know, you get concerned and that's what you do. Um but anyway, you know, this this is all just kind of things just kind of further weakening. And, you know, I was getting weaker with, you know, arm and chest stuff like bench pressing and pull-ups were just getting more difficult um, by the week in the time between like Christmas and, and March when I got the surgery. So again, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense regarding... The thinking I still had like a a back a lumbar compression in my back because that shouldn't be affecting any anything, upper extremity wise and I but again I kind of just kept lying to myself and wanted to believe that if I got the back thing fixed that everything else kind of just resolve itself or something so, um that was kind of my mindset at the time. Um, you know, my goal, I just kept thinking, I got to get to the surgery and I got to, and then I'll get better from there. Um, so, you know, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else major that happened between those times. Walking itself, um, you know, like I said, it started getting more pronounced with the after I'd sit in the car for a little bit or sit in the chair or even just standing still for a little bit, not moving, and then I would go to move and initiate movement again, it would be, I'd, I'd look funky. Like I would have like a weird limp with my right leg, like a, what what we call in the PT world, a, like a steppage neurologic gait, meaning I, I would kind of compensate by, lifting my right leg up more like a, like a march to kind of clear my foot because my toes didn't want to pull up and I didn't want to catch my toes so I'd kind of have to like lift my hip up more and then I would just slap my foot down when I made contact with the ground um and that would kind of just it would look weird and you know felt it was awkward and I knew it wasn't right um, usually after a few minutes of doing that, things would kind of result, things would kind of loosen up and I'd be able to walk a little more fluidly. So I'd be like, well, maybe it just takes my body a minute to 
you know, with this nerve compression. And then once I get going, you know, things kind of loosen up a little bit. And of course, again, like I said, anything I could do to convince myself that it was my back is uh, that's literally what I was doing at that point. So um, again, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, you know, I got I got the L5 S1 lumbar uh, fusion surgery on March 3rd of 2023. Um, you know, surgery itself went well. They went in anteriorly to to clean out the disc and everything, and then posteriorly they went in with screws to kind of secure in place. And um, I, had, I had about three months off that I was kind of just trying to regain my strength and all that stuff after that. Um, I, you know, and this is going to be the last thing I think I'm going to say for this podcast. Um, I remember when I first got, got the surgery and then, you know, they, they get you up pretty quick to get you moving. You know, I was hopeful thinking, oh, I, I should be able to pick my right foot up easier now. I, we decompressed some of the nerves a little bit. You know, it should be easier. And I remember walking and using a walker and with the nurse in the hospital and I still was like having a hard time clearing my right foot. I remember she made a comment and was like, can you pick your foot up more? And I was like, oh, no, this is the best I can do right now. And... It just it was awkward and still kind of, kind of had that steppage sort of gait. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, of course, then I was still thinking, well, maybe there's still a lot of inflammation. It's too soon. You know, it's going to take some time to recover with the nerve and everything. So, yeah, um, that's kind of where I was at with everything at that point. And like I said, that was early, early March of 2023. So I'm going to leave it at that for today. Um, when we come back next episode, I'm going to I'm going to continue the timeline from you know the back surgery up until until now, kind of tell you you know where I was at function wise, how things were continuing to get worse, and you know kind of where I'm at now with everything. Um, so. Yeah, and then, you know, like I said, I want to kind of talk about some causes. And, you know, and then I'm going to spend a good bulk of time talking about what I'm doing to try to fight this. Um, you know, there's lots of stuff out there. You know, a lot of, you know, things you can find on the Internet or whatever. And, you know, I've, I've been doing my research like crazy, as people know, and just trying to combat this progressive neuro, neurodegenerative disease the best I can and keep fighting it. So I will get into all that here, you know, more in the subsequent episodes. Uh, again, I want to thank you all for your time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Uh, hang in there with the winter. You know, hopefully we've been having a couple nicer days here recently. You know, hopefully we can just, you know... <laughs> We'll be looking forward to the warmer weather, or at least I know I will be. So, all right, guys, again, thank you, and I'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.